Hello again, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring July 31st, 1994, the Palace of Auburn Hills, Michigan. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-host, Knob, and the returning Fig. Let's go ahead and give them a big old welcome back, Fig. Hello, everybody. Welcome back, Fig. Hello, everybody. The champ is here. The champ is here. The champ is here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was so... just a little under the weather. I was actually taking a nap when you guys were recording. Um, not yeah, just we asked I was, like, you, and you were like, I actually, I just don't want to do it. No, it, it wasn't. I mean, it was partially that, it but it was also partially personal. like, you I just like, had hey, the yuck. Nub, hey, game. I don't like you. I don't want to do this recording. And we I... went, okay. They only played five songs that night, guys. I got to take a nap about it. <laughs> um, no, I just had the yuck, and it wasn't going to be, uh, you know, limited time in which to take a nap and try to feel better. And so I used my time wisely because you guys did a great job. I thought it was uh, an awesome episode. Uh, and you guys certainly uh, got a lot of content out of a five-song show. So good job. Gold stars all around. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I needed yeah. to hear that. Very proud. Mm -hmm. We surely do appreciate being able to uh, put those gold stars up on the uh, up on the board here. But anyway, let's go ahead and keep the show moving here this week with our Channel Six News segment. And um, this week we actually do have a decent bit of news. These past few weeks have been um, kind of lackluster in the news department, but not this week. Uh, the top story of this week is the ending of Playing in the Sand. Uh, Playing in the Sand wrapped up Tuesday evening. Um, the last time we were with you fine folks, uh, it just ended, uh, I believe it was night one just wrapped yeah, up. So we night were, one, it just happened. We were still waiting for nights two, three, and four. Um, and you know what, Nob, what were your thoughts on, um... Playing this hand, I guess, in in a hole or as a hole, rather. Sure, I thought it was a fun run. I think each show was better than the show following it, um, in terms of energy, in terms of band comfortability, uh, especially with Mayor on this this wolf clone. You could tell it was taking him a little bit of time to get comfortable with it. Um, but the third night was really tight. Uh, night two might honestly be my favorite. Uh, it had lower lows, but higher highs. But everything was really consistent night three. Um, I thought it was fun. I didn't, I didn't watch the Goose stuff except for when Bob Weir sat in. So someone else can say whether or not Goose was good. But I, I liked when Bob Weir sat in. I liked their hard to handle. I didn't yeah. care for Tomorrow Never Knows. But I liked the hard to handle. Yeah, the... Um... Bob Ware Goose sit in um, was good. I really liked Peggy O. I think that yeah. was a good, um, not to sound cheesy, but a good, like, heartwarming, like, oh, here we go. Like, this is now a thing now, right? Like, Bobby yeah. and Goose. Um, so, Acoustic Peggy O, which was great. Um, that second song, I got to agree with you. Um, I'm not super familiar with it. Um, okay. Not that it was bad. <laughs> um, just they could have picked something See, I am better. super familiar with it, and I kind of thought <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it was Tomorrow Never Knows by the Beatles. Oh, how are you not familiar with that song? That's like a very, very, very <laughs> famous song. 
You gotta and, now. We gotta find one of those '94 shows where Vince. No, we don't. Through it. No, we don't. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> they match it up with Baba O'Reilly. Uh, yeah, uh, it's Vince. Yeah, it's problematic just because of the caterwauling. And um, then they ended it with hard to handle. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed Bobby's 2023 rendition of hard to handle. So, see, you say uh, it was 2023. And when it got to the part where he had to start uh, uh, ad-libbing, he just started saying the phrase socket to me over and over like it was still 1967. I, in Bobby's head, I think it is still 1967. So All the years combine and melt into a dream, <laughs> as they say. Um, as a whole, I really did enjoy playing in the sand. Um, I saw some reports. I shouldn't say reports. I guess I saw some comments that the... Um, tempo was a bit slow um, yeah no comment <laughs> and, and i don't know i i wasn't that offended by it uh this time around um yeah that was definitely something i thought got better over the weekend the tempos yeah. on the first night were definitely slower than the tempos by the last night yeah um i was really hoping for a goose sit in on uh the final night but alas that did not happen um but yeah, all overall, um, a good play in the sand. The next up for the boys is um, Jazz, Fest Jazz Fest in May, and then the final tour, um, which I actually just watched John Mayer's interview this morning um, on the Playing in the Sand, what do they call it, Dead Air show? Yes. Um, and he was the kind of... heroes, Dave and Gary. Yeah, I don't want to say he was like final with his like yeah you know i'm kind of done with this but um before i i was a big proponent of like oh yeah they're gonna keep doing something and the drummers are just not gonna perform but after that interview i'm like no absolutely not like john Mayer's done <laughs> like yeah. he's like he's this is portion of his life is done after after the san francisco shows so it's, you could tell that he enjoys playing this music, and this music will always be like a part of his life and artistic whatever he's doing, but after eight or nine years of fronting yeah. a dead offshoot band, I could get him wanting to jump and do something very, very different. It makes sense for him as an, as an artist yeah. to you know use everything that he's learned about you know the dead and and their their whole you know, um, you know, song catalog and, and everything that they do to grow as a musician. And I, I always thought that that was the theme behind Dead and Company, that, you know, the members were fungible, um, that they didn't need, you know, John Mayer, the, the entire run. Um, certainly, I think if Bobby goes, then maybe we're not talking about Dead and Company. Uh, certainly, the yeah. drummers are getting up there. I, I saw Mickey just kind of sat out for a set um, one day. A couple of songs, yeah. Yeah, um, it's got to be tough, right? And that goes to your busting on Bobby for you know just saying you know socket to me and other things from like the the time of your. These guys are no spring chickens. Like it's like you know my my parents are in their seventies. It's like I don't think I would pay money to see my parents play music right now. <laughs> so see, like, that's where we're different. I would pay a lot of money to see your parents play music. <laughs> we'll leave Viv and Norm out of this. <laughs> We have some sad news this week on Channel 6. Uh, the beloved David Crosby 
passed away on the 18th of January at the age of 21. Um, Nob or Fig, do you have any words on the passing of, or I guess I should say on the life of David Crosby? Nob, I'll defer to you. Sure. Um, I really like a lot of Crosby's work. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a huge super fan by any, any stretch, but the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young work is, is very important to me. Um, and the big thing is how important David Crosby, along with Stills and Nash, are to the Grateful Dead story. Um, Jerry was big friends with all of those guys. Uh, there's a very nice interview from David Crosby from like two or three years before uh, he passed, uh, where he's just got nothing but great things to say about Jerry's musicianship and his his personal life. Um, but yeah, I, the the story goes that that Crosby, Stills, and Nash taught the Grateful Dead how to sing their harmonies, which are such an important part to the '70s Dead sound. So I, I don't know what the Grateful Dead would sound like without the influence of Crosby. So uh, he lived a very, very good long life, um, but it's still sad to see him go. And I'll just uh, mention um, David Crosby's solo album, If I Could Only If I Could Only Remember My Name. Right? It came out in 71, and Jerry's playing on it, and a um, ton of other members of the Grateful Dead on that album. And a uh, good buddy of mine and frequent listener to the pod, uh, she tried turning me on to it um, uh, maybe a couple of years ago. And it's good. It's good music. It's just not my thing. Like, I think folk rock is something that I don't know. Never, I never really identified with like that part of classic rock. Like I was more into the hard aspect of classic rock. Like when I watch Woodstock and CSN is up there playing their songs, like it's very iconic and I, I see what they're doing and I see how important, you know, the, the sound was and the look was and the content that they were singing about. Uh, it just seems like a relic of a different age and that did not get kind of passed down or had that sort of uh, transmissibility that, that maybe, you know, the rock and roll portion of, of the sixties music, uh, Dead or the hard rock, I should say. I can, so, agree with, I can definitely agree with that mindset. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's my personal opinion. The other thing that David Crosby doesn't have going for him is that he took a, all of his music off of the streaming services, is my understanding. Um, yes. So you could, at one point, go on YouTube and find like an illicit just, copy. Just Spotify. I'm not sure about that. Okay. Um, but for, yeah, for the purposes of the conversation, we'll just pretend yeah. that I'm correct. Which is the yeah, best yeah. way to, to engage with me, and um, so he, he's a little bit hard to access just because of that. And then I, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I like Neil Young. I'm not gonna dip into the CSN or any of the uh, uh, bands um, that spawned CSN, probably with that folk rock sound. But it does give me a segue to a little bit of trivia, kind of shifting gears here. You guys ready for this? Yes. Okay, yeah. so. At work, I do a daily trivia, and it's actually really hard to do daily trivia to make something interesting and fun for people at work to kind of, uh, you know, exercise their, their brains in the morning. Uh, but uh, David Crosby uh, passed away last night, and so I decided to do a Crosby, Stills, and Nash-themed trivia question. So the, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to submit my question to you all, and I don't think this is hard, although it could be hard. Um, but I'm going to submit the question to you guys in the chat, and then I want you guys to direct message me your answers. 
And, um, you know, so, oh, so then I'll read it to the audience in the meantime while you guys are thinking about it. So just direct, I'm going to send it now, direct message me your answers, and then I will read it to the audience. So here is the question. Crosby, Stills, and Nash was one of the original, quote, supergroups, unquote, and in parentheses, musical acts formed from other famous acts. Match the following CSN musicians with their previous musical acts. So we have David Crosby, Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, and we have the Hollies, the Birds, Buffalo Springfield. Now, when I sent this out at work, I actually had like one, two, three, A, B, C. There's a bonus question involved. Which of the above groups did Neil Young play for prior to joining CSNY? And we have our first answer, and it's Knob. I'll be, I'll be just a second. Okay. <laughs> just a second. Looking at it, and I think I'm sort of wrong, but I think some of them are going to be right. Game? Don't make me start singing uh, the Jeopardy theme song. You, you don't have to start singing. Uh, I'm coming, I'm coming. I don't want to give the answers yet. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I wish there was like a, a Grateful Dead version of the Jeopardy theme song, just a space where in the middle of it, you just hear... It's like a Spanish jam. All right. We have two answers. Thank you for that. Nob. Um, since Nob went first, I will read Nob's answers. We have David Crosby in Buffalo Springfield. Eh. Stephen Stills in The Birds. Eh. Graham Nash in The Hollies. That one's correct. And Buffalo Springfield for Neil Young. That is true. All right. So let's see what game did. Crosby was in The Birds. Ding, ding. Um, Stills was in, in The Hollies. And Nash was in Buffalo Springfield. However, Neil Young was not in The Birds. Neil Young was in Buffalo Springfield as well. Wow. Okay, that was um, a little bit more of a trivia question than I than I thought it was. So thank you for playing. Um, no one gets a gold star except for me because I that stumped. seems rigged. <laughs> I stumped the crew, and uh, thus concludes this portion of the show. Um, we thank everybody for tuning in to the very first week of Trivia, Trivia, oh, it's Vig's Trivia, Trivia, Vig's Trivia, Trivia, time. That was awesome. <laughs> Can't tell if that sounded more like Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting or the Wayne's World theme. Um, it was definitely Wayne's World. Yeah, trivia, I it's excellent, Woo! Yeah, I would probably was channeling Wayne's World without thinking about it. Yeah, I would probably say Wayne's World on that. Hey, party um, time, excellent. Party time, excellent. Speaking of a Redditor, um, do we have any updates, Nob? Our uh, final segment last week was a uh, a Redditor sort of wrote us a lost connection note, except his lost connection was not with a love interest; it was with a song. <laughs> and he was he was looking for um, information on this song. Do we have any updates on the search for that lost redditor's song? I wish I I wish I had a good update for you. I uh, I messaged the 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 lost redditor. Uh, I have not heard back. Reaching out again feels like it it crosses some some social taboos, and suddenly <laughs> I'm getting myself blocked. Um, but. If you're out there, Lost Redditor, I'd really like to help. I'm very unemployed and have very little going on during my days. And I, I would love nothing more than to help you find this lost song. 
That is a plea for help. For the other way around. I got, I got someone looking for help. help. <laughs> for someone looking for help. There is there's, help me help there, you. There's there's two lost souls looking You're to help each other. Redditor. Help me help you. <laughs> do, do, do. Um, Singing this week. So please, lost redditor, reach out to Nob. He it needs help it. you. <laughs> Um, Alright, enough silly time for this week. Uh, let's focus on some heavy-duty shit. Let's, fo- <laughs> let's focus on July 31st, 1994. The Palace of Auburn Hills, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan, I do believe. Oh, Auburn Hills, Michigan, whatever. Um, it's all one big state up there. <laughs> um, so at the end of last week's episode... Me and Nob both realized in real time that we were listening to a 1994 show this week. And as always, I was a little bit timid. Because they're eating crow as we speak. (laughs) I was a little bit timid with my expectations, but this show was quite lovely for the most part. Um, Let's go ahead and get into set one here. Set one kicked off with Touch of Grey. Uh, next up was Greatest Story Ever Told, followed by Rogue Jimmy. Then we had Spoonful, Spoonful, Spoonful. <laughs> then we had Lazy River Road, which we could have skipped. Uh, me and my uncle, <laughs> uh, Big River, uh, Loose Lucy, and then Set One ended with Midnight Hour. Um, Fig, since you are returning, what were your thoughts on Set Numero Uno? Uh, Set, uh, I don't speak Spanish, so I have no idea what ah. you're talking about. But um, from the little I picked up, set one was really good. Um, the tape quality was A+. Plus. Like This sounded like an official release, but better in my mind. Uh, the separation between the instruments was perfect. And honestly, there was some amazing playing. Um, I'm glad I wasn't in the recording last week to kind of glom on to the ni- 1994 hate that, that I was hearing. Well, it, wasn't, I hate, it wasn't hate. Uh, it was fear. It was the apprehension, apprehension. Um, but, you know, it's understandable because it's very hit or miss. This, was, however, was a hit. And uh, we'll start with The Grateful Dead's biggest hit, Touch of Grey. Um, Jerry's voice was in A-plus quality. Uh, this was one of those uplifting versions of Touch. You know, this is one of those I have, you know, written down life-affirming. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's The Grateful Dead at their best, and that's Touch at its best. And I've always kind of uh, maligned the fact that it's hard to find a good touch, but if you want a good touch, seven thirty one ninety four to start things off in Michigan of all places was an awesome, awesome version. Um, and then we get into Greatest Story, which had this like strange kind of samba feel. Um, so it wasn't like a you know kind of a straight up rocker, and um, uh, so it was an interesting take on that. We get into Road Jimmy, which I really liked. Um, a great kind of slow song that really showcased all the instruments and, and you could hear the, the separation between the instruments. Um, yeah, there's a lot of space in that song. So it was, you know, a great version of, of a, of a great song. I know it was well played throughout. Then we get into spoonful spoonful, which I thought was um, kind of a good kind of sneaky blues feel. Uh, Bobby Weir with some excellent, excellent vocals on Spoonful. And then uh, Lazy River Road. I actually really like this. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a country fried version. Uh, definitely had like a little bit more of a twang to it. I know it's kind of a twangy song, but like this one even more so. 
And Jerry sounded just excellent with his vocals. Uh, and then we get to me and my uncle. <clears throat> Bobby comes out on an acoustic, which is cool. And the way he plays it is cool. Very percussive. So it's almost like we have three drummers um, for a portion of the show, uh, which was cool. Um, at the end, we get an acoustic Bobby jam with a Jerry, you know, solo kind of thing. So it's different, different take on, on the classic uh, formula there. And then they do something interesting. They do, do, do start playing. I think Nob might have a better sense of this, but they started playing Mexicali blues. Yeah, Vinny and, does and, the Mexicali blues opening, especially. I think the band was about to play Mexican. I, I see. I don't know who did the prank. I think that this was like a prank, and I think it was Bobby, because I think Bur Bobby has those as a mercurial soul and just decided to, you know, do a fake out. But I don't know, and I'd be curious now what your thoughts are on that. Um, uh, I thought Vince had some awesome boogie woogie keyboard work there, and uh, again, Bobby uh, acoustic and and Jerry on guitar was was a really nice combination. Uh, and then the set continued. Loose Lucy, uh, Jerry had some awesome vocals on that one. And then uh, Midnight Hour was, uh, you know, an interesting closer. Um, we have some MIDI horns, which dates things, but it is what it is. So I, with that, I will kick it over to uh, Mr. Knob. Thank you. Who's your father? I'll kick it over to Knob. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, I liked it. I, I went in very apprehensive, and if I'm going to be honest with you, I even spent most of this set apprehensive. Like, it started so good with that, that touch of Grey greatest story that I just sat there going, when's the other shoe going to drop? When, <laughs> like, it was really good, and I love, like, I, I do dig 90s Dead, but it's rarely that good for an entire show or an entire set. And so when it started off this good, I was a little suspicious, but nevertheless impressed. Uh, it's a clean start to the touch of gray. Everyone's nailing their parts. Jerry doesn't quite know the lyrics, but he's in good enough spirits that I don't really care. Uh, Jerry's playing Rosebud. It is 94. Um, it's, it's got this almost acoustic-y tone on the guitar. It's a much lighter sound compared to, say, Tiger or Wolf or the other guitars like that. Uh... There are some songs it works on and some songs it doesn't. Here, it was fun hearing the almost acoustic-y tone contrasted with Bobby's early clang. It was good. 90s dead in top form on this touch. Uh, Jerry sounded really fun on The Greatest Story Ever Told. I loved the wah stuff that he was doing. The whole song was just super focused. A tight instrumental. I loved Vince's synth line going up against Jerry's lead line. I wish Jerry was a little louder, and that's a general complaint I have this show, but that's kind of my biggest complaint about this set, which goes to show you that it was a pretty good set. Uh, I liked the Road Jimmy. I didn't love the Road Jimmy. It, it, it went on a little too long for me. Uh, the MIDI flute was a little silly, but it, it didn't really bug me. It, it just kind of lost steam towards the end. Uh, I loved the Spoonful. There was a really good groove to it. Uh, the underscoring got a little bit busy during that first jam, but overall, I really dug it. Vince had some great, great keyboard stuff. His little piano solo was awesome. It had some tight solos, some badass bass and drums. Bobby was singing his heart out. It worked. It was a good Spoonful. Uh, I liked the Lazy River Road, but I, I'm a big sucker for Lazy River Road. I, I grew up, you know... 
as has been said before, my dad was a big head, and so 90s dead and, and late 80s dead played in our house all the time growing up. And so to me, Lazy River Road is just a song. It's, it's one of the gang for me. Uh, it's not my favorite 90s Jerry's song, but it's just a really fun one, and this is a nice rendition. Uh, it's got some good energy, it's zippy, but nevertheless relaxed. Would call it a brisker walk compared to the song's usual stroll, but that kind of helps keep it alive. Uh, a highlight of this set for me is the me and my uncle Big River combo. B Bobby on his acoustic was great. It was lively. You get some great Jerry licks, some tasty piano licks from Vince. Bobby sounds great. It it's just really good. Uh, I'll have to listen back, but I'm pretty sure what happened is is Big River and Mexicali both start on a D major chord and have a kind of similar groove. And what really tells them apart is that. And so Vince starts playing that, and I thought, oh, no. But then I looked, and it said Big River on the tape, and I was so confused. And there was such a big sigh of relief out of me when Big River started. I love Big River, and I'm ambivalent I, I, on Mexicali. My question, or I guess my comment, yeah. was that it almost seemed like Bobby had to start off in the wrong key to get it hmm. back into Big River. Um, it's Interesting. Just, yeah, like when he jumped in, it just sounded a little different. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see exactly what happened there. Well, once we get, um, once we get Bobby on the show, we'll ask him about seven thirty one ninety four and what exactly happened there. I know it's a podcast, but he just stares at us blankly for about a minute and then <laughs> goes, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Uh, you guys take this shit way too seriously. <laughs> um, I liked the Loose Lucy. Loose Lucy's always a good treat. Uh, Jerry's energized, and it's not as slow as some of the other 90s Loose Lucy. Uh, it's, it's not the best of the set, but it's really fun. Now, if there is a moment in this set where the other shoe drops, it is the opening to In the Midnight Hour. Uh, as has been politely stated by Fig, it's very MIDI-heavy, and it, it just sounds a little silly. Once the song gets kicking, I do enjoy it. There's a nice uh, uh, Bobby, Vinny harmonies, and there's this really cool back and forth, wait, 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 which has great energy, and I really enjoyed that. I wish Jerry had a little more distortion on his solo to match the power of his underscoring, but uh, it's a good solo. And uh, I love that Bob ends by saying, we'll be back in just an itty-bitty bit, which I can only awesome. assume means about an hour and a half. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this first set way more than I thought I was gonna. Uh, Touch of Grey, Spoonful, and the Cowboy Tunes are probably my highlights, but it it's hard to pick highlights because this is a really strong set. What did you think, Gabe? I must agree. Um, an incredibly strong set. Um, and as Fig mentioned earlier, an incredibly strong sounding set. Um, the sound on this recording was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I really do think that a phenomenal recording can make a subpar show good. But in this case, a phenomenal recording can make a good show even better, which is what it did in this case. Um, set one was great. Um, Touch for Grey was good. Greatest Story Ever Told was good. Uh, Road Jimmy I enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed Spoonful. Um, I'm not normally the big Spoonful guy, um, but really enjoyed Spoonful for this time around. Um, I know I jested and I said Lazy River Road could 
could leave the set list. But in all honesty, this was a good Lazy River Road. Um, Don't very... let us peer pressure you about that. No, no, it's no. Your no. Opinion. <laughs> no, um, not my favorite dead song by any stretch of the imagination. Um, doesn't I don't really even think it fits it fits them really, but um good rendition of it for sure. Uh me and my uncle was good. I was definitely faked out by the um big river. Um oh uh what was the other Mexicali. song? Yeah, Mexicali. Um because I was even listening back to it, I was like, wait, what? Um but great. Uh I'm always a sucker for Loose Lucy. Um, so I thought that was good. And Midnight Hour. Um, even though it was MIDI heavy. Um once we got past that and really enjoyed it. Um That's the spirit. Yeah, um uh, really like uh, surprised. Like ninety four gets shit on a lot. Um, even by us before we listen to these shows. But so far, like everyone not so far almost everyone we we listened to has been pretty good. Um which is surprising. Um, set two for seven thirty one ninety four. Um, opened up with because it was a Sunday show. Opened up with Samson and Lila. Then we got a uh, way to go. Uh, new Speedway Boogie. Uh, trucking. He's gone. Uh, drums. Spanish Jam. Uh, last time you see me. Black Peter. Good loving and an encore of the weight. Uh, Nah, what were your thoughts on set two? Shorter. Um, Samson was a nice high energy opener. Uh, Bobby was really killing it. Uh, And this is going to be true of a lot of this set. You can kind of hear everybody checking out from each other during that last jam. And it it got a little grating to me. Uh, But it was still really fun. It's a nice start to this set. I genuinely can't tell you if I like Way to Go Home or not, or even this Way to Go Home. Even throughout my notes, I keep going, I don't like this. Okay, now it's winning me over. Now it's losing me. And it's winning me back over. And it's losing me again. And I, I don't know where I've landed. I I don't feel that strongly about it. Jerry seems to dig it, which is nice. Vinny's given it his all. It's just kind of fine. Uh, the highlight of the set for me is these next two songs, the new Speedway truckin' combo. Uh, Jerry's guitar almost sounded like a slap bass at the start, which was really cool. It, it just, hmm. the whole thing, the whole song just slapped. Jerry was into it, it had a really nice groove. It almost sounded towards the end like they were gonna go back into Spoonful. Like, if they had not done Spoonful yet, I would have fully believed this was about to be a new Speedway Spoonful truckin'. But I can't really complain because it's a tight, tight transition into trucking, which was a pop. It was a really good trucking. Phil's low stuff helped cement it, but Jerry had a lot of gas in the tank for this one. It was an out there trucking, especially for 90s Dead, and it was impressive. Uh, He's Gone was fine. I found it a little bit uninspired, but it, it, it worked. The harmonies were fine. There were some nice Jerry licks. I, I didn't love when we went into the vocal jam of the nothing's going to bring him back because everyone everyone started getting a little goofy and no one was quite hearing each other. And it started to sound like when fish do vocal jams and you enjoy myself. Um, and then I just saw the phrase 17 minutes space and my eyes rolled so far back into my head that we were already in Spanish jam. 
Uh, and even then, there were about four minutes of ringtones before the Spanish Jam started. Ringtones. Now I, I that I thought I heard probably crazy sounds a little bit harsher than I mean it. There were some really cool textures, but I I did keep like it sounded a little bit like they were making ringtone noises with their synthesizers. The ringtone that I use, it's like a Samsung, you know, ringtone. It's actually called yeah. textures. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, it, it continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out a. a polite way to talk about the last time um it has a good groove to it the song never quite hits an energetic peak and truth be told i have no idea what it's doing in the second set jerry seems to get a little lost on the solo too which which kind of just prevents the song from uh, becoming anything more than it is but it's it's fun it's fine i wouldn't really be complaining if this was in set one uh i like the black peter uh, Vince's almost honky-tonk chords at the start were a really interesting sound. The drummers were keeping it moving, the bridge was clean, the ending jam was tight. Uh, you had a clean transition into Good Lovin', and uh, the Good Lovin' is definitely the highlight of the, the later half of this set for me. I know it's synth-heavy, and it, it, it works for me. I guess sort of how the midnight hour works for me, where you have to get past how silly the first 15 seconds or so sound, but it's got some really good energy once it's cooking. It's not an all-time good loving or anything, but it's a really fun and nice closer to the show, and made especially great from Bob's monologue about turning to the person next to you and say, Hi, how do you do? Great. Love that. Um, And the way... Is a fun. It's a good vibe to to bring it home. I don't. I don't know if they nailed it. Are they I. They definitely never nailed the the chord on and. It 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 almost seemed like they pushed a button and everyone just sang a random note that they thought was correct in that chord. I hear uh, you. But, but everyone's individual bits sounded <laughs> nice enough. Um, I I like the way it's it's got. A good vibe for the dead, uh, and it's a good encore kind of song. So, I didn't love set two as much as I loved set one. I, I the new Speedway Boogie into Truckin is especially worth checking out, but I, I didn't love the rest of it. What about you, Fig? Yeah, thanks. Um, I I would probably agree with you generally, but I do have some nitpicks. Um, this is why we do the yeah, show. That's the we format. Do. Yeah, it's the format. So, truth be told, I thought for some reason that Samson was the last song in set one. So, uh, I have nothing on Samson because clearly I was not listening very intently to that song. I imagine it was a good way to start set two as it usually is. Um, so, yeah. So, where are we? Oh, Long, Long Way to Go Home. Um, I thought this was a heady version of Long, Long Way to Go Home. Or I guess Way to Go mm-hmm. Home. I don't know what the song is actually called. Way to Go Home. Way to Go Home. Um, yeah, that being said, it's it's not the strongest song. Um, it's got some interesting stuff going on. Um, yeah, like I'm I'm glad they played it. I'm glad they gave Vince his due, and you know Vince was all over the show tonight. Um, yeah, and so it was good that he you know was able to be showcased like that. And what I will also say is that he actually sounded really really good singing the uh the lead vocals in long long way and and actually his vocals throughout the night were incredible there there was no caterwauling there was no just like i'm being intentionally off key here almost like you know grading on purpose that 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 he did from time to time which i don't quite understand um 
So, so that was actually a really good version. If you are looking for a heady version of Way to Go Home, this is the one for you, 731.94. Then we go into New Speedway Boogie, which I also have starred. I thought this was... Um, had a great pulse to it. It had like this awesome kind of blues shuffle pulse to it um, throughout. There was um, a great jam um, at the end. And the interesting thing was, and I started kind of noticing this, especially in this song and maybe throughout the night in general, but the ending jam reminded me of some Dead and Company style jams. Mm. Um, and especially in, in He's Gone uh, with the kind of vocal... Uh, jamming that goes on it almost seems you know it, you know dead and company needs to take their cue from some era of the dead and and it's interesting that i'm I'm wondering if they actually took it from you know mid 90s uh era like almost like the dead kind of continuing off from where they left off not uh, to it, interrupt you but I, I i've watched things with bob where they do talk about uh it uh, '90s Dead being the uh, the the genesis of a lot of their jamming style to very much continue off like what you're saying. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. Thank you for that. Um, and yeah, I agree with you 100. The transition from New Speed Bay Boogie into Truckin' was just perfect, just perfection. And someone actually counted it off, and it was quick, and it was awesome. And they turned on a dime. And Truckin' is not one of my favorite songs, but clearly it is. You know, the brand name Grateful Dead song. And they played it very, very well. Uh, He's Gone is one of my favorites. And so they play that after Truckin'. And um, this was an, a great rhythm uh, for He's Gone with a really good tempo. Um, great guitar solo by uh, Jerry. Uh, Bob was doing some excellent, excellent stuff kind of in the background. Um, Vince Welnick was, was excellent throughout the song as well. And... There was a, a breakdown jam at the end that, like, like I talked about, that almost sounded uh, Dead and Company like that. Was, that I also really liked. Uh, Drums in space. I pulled a game uh, because <laughs> that was a little bit more time than I wanted to invest, and also I wanted to kind of jump into the Spanish jam, which I typically like. Uh, this was another good one for Vince, but the rest of it was eh. Sometimes Spanish jam can sound like me and and my buddy Chris when we were like fourteen, like playing in his basement, you know, <laughs> yeah. with our instruments for the first time, and it's like, dude. There's this. We can play this. Um, so that's what that's what this one sounded like. Uh, last time, I actually kind of liked coming out of Spanish Jam. You know, almost you know had a completely different feel to it. Now for something completely different, kind of lift you back up out after 30 minutes of Dark Star. Sorry, um, jumps in space into Spanish Jam, and then Black Peter was probably the strangest song of the night. I couldn't tell if Black Peter was either Poppy, Boppy, or Zippy. And which is a strange question to have to ask for a song about somebody dying. <laughs> uh, this was a very up-tempo Black Peter. That being said, it was a well-played Black Peter. I, th- I actually really liked Jerry's vocals, and I liked um, everybody else's playing of this Black Peter. So, you know, if you're looking for an interesting Black Peter, this this is the one for you. Good Lovin', I thought, was just an incredible way to, to end set two. Um it just it just sounded like quintessential dead. It was just you know the the drums were doing their kind of syncopated awesomeness. It was you know it was poppy. It was fast. It was fun. It was yeah, good loving is is one of those songs that I don't know. Usually I kind of think it's filler, but this one ri- raised raised above filler in so many different ways, uh, and then especially with the juxtaposition with Black Peter, um, this was a really good way to end set too. 
And then we have the wait for the Encore. Um, apparently, this is our first The Wait. Is that correct, Nob? Yes, for, for us on the show. For us on the show. And and it's a great encore that, that the dead do. And yeah, it's cool that they, you know, go from singer to singer to singer and we hear Phil finally. And, um, you know, it's an interesting way to do it. It's kind of an interesting juxtaposition with uh, David Crosby's death. Um, you know, kind of puts you in a mood of like, you know, kind of thinking and, you know, just about, you know, kind of the bigger things in life. Um, so I, I kind of got that sense when listening to The Wait uh, just this this morning. Overall, it was a good set. It was um, if if set one was an A, I would say set two is a a B plus. If set one was an A plus, maybe set two is a B plus. Um, really good stuff. So, uh, game. What did you think? Uh, and, and you can start off by telling me, did you game the drums in space? Oh, absolutely, of course. I okay, did. great. All right, continue. Um, continue. That was good um, all the way around. Um, not as good as set number one, but still good. Um, Samson and Delilah is always a treat. Um, that was good. Um, Way to Go Home was okay. Uh, New Speedway Boogie I enjoyed. Truck and I enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed He's Gone. Uh, Drums in Space. Spanish Jam. Last time I pretty much powered through those. Didn't care for those. Um, Black Peter I really enjoyed this go about. Um, good Love and I enjoyed. And it really surprised me that this is the first version of the weight that we um have come across um, me too i would really, almost dispute that yeah really 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 surprises me that's the first one uh but really enjoyed it um overall a, another um very surprising and solid 1994 show um all right let's move on to the book of the dead uh knob does this make your book of the dead uh no Big. Does it make That's your it. book of the dead? <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh. Um, I'm gonna say yes as well for me. Um, this was a really good show. Um, it sounded good. Um, I definitely enjoyed a hell of a lot more than I disliked. So, uh, two yeses. I would I would go as far as to say that this was one of the best shows that I've heard in quite some time doing this project. Wow. In quite some time. Uh, which wow. is your which is your preferred set, Fig? Set one or set two? We'll go with set one. Just you know, touch, touch. I'm a touchhead. It's okay. I know you're busting <laughs> on Tom Constantin knob. I did hear that. I say about Tom Constantin. I that like him. He liked normie. touch, and the, so he's a normie. Oh yeah. <laughs> we have you on tape saying that knob. You can't you can't deflect you know it. What? I stand by that one. Um, That's fine. Um, then call me a normie. Uh, no, which I only want to call members of the band normies. Yeah. <laughs> which set for joke. you, Nob? Oh, set one. Uh, yeah. I feel like uh, there is a right answer with this show. Yeah, I want to say I'm, I'm, I'm a set one boy. Um, all right, show MVPs. Um, Nob, your show MVP. Oh, I was hoping I would go last because I go back and forth and I want both of them to get their dues. I got a feeling that we're all going to say jump Vince. In. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, it's Vince. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think Vince is up there and, and deserves his dues, but my MVP is the drummers. They are what keep this show good. Uh, I, it's, they're not particularly flashier or anything, but they are just tight. There is no point where you get that, that shoes in a dryer sound. 
I just want to say that that's the biggest like band nerd um, cop out sort of uh, choice <laughs> for MVP. But go ahead, go ahead. Will okay, um, just it's your opinion? Just Billy. Oh, okay. Let's see. That's that's better. That's better. Okay. I'm going to surprise um, Fig. Your your MVP is Vince, and um, I'm actually going to say Vince as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I normally don't care for the man. Uh, however. Uh, I don't like when the Grateful Dead shows feel like I'm going to the Renaissance Fair, which is how it feels when Hornsby's on the keys. Um, <laughs> so that was not or the that... accordion. Yes, so that was not the scenario this week. So, yeah, Vince, um, you are Vince. our MVP. Maybe we should write this down because it's probably not going to happen too often. Um, we only had one Reddit comment this week, and that was from the famed B Man 1973. He was there. Next night, same arena, Jerry's birthday was incredible. Victim Scarlet Fire was a monster. So our very own B-Man 1973 was there in attendance for both nights. Um, What's up for next week? Next week, we have a help on the way to for Tuesday, even though we probably won't record or be released on a Tuesday. It looks like we have rehearsals from January 31st, 1983, but then a show as well from December 1st, 1973. Um, Fig, go ahead and uh, shine some light on why we have two shows next week. Yeah, thanks, because uh, I was going to jump in anyway to explain. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, as everybody knows, frequent listeners know, uh, I have a spreadsheet with pretty much the entire era of the Grateful Dead uh, catalog. You know, uh, each row is another date in that era. And I just go down the spreadsheet to determine whether or not the dead played on that night. Um, and then if they do play, then that becomes, oh, and, and all these dates are, are randomized, right? So it, this is kind of a, a random uh, method of, of listening to the dead. And, but, you know, we also have a show and, and, you know, I feature this on Reddit. So if there's something on the archive, like, hey, rehearsals or something, sometimes I actually do just a, a twofer. Um, so, you know, if you want to listen to some rehearsals and this one, I, I want you guys to listen to because uh, it's something that I've never heard the Grateful Dead do before. Uh, but but definitely uh, take a listen to, to this one. But, you know, part of this, too, and you know, spoiler alert, I listen to these these songs when I work, so I need a show to listen to, so I can't just listen to them, you know, dicking around in the studio, so to speak. Um, so I also then, you know, go to the next show, next random show that's in the spreadsheet uh, to highlight that. So that's why we have a twofer. If you want to listen to rehearsals, you can, but that doesn't fulfill the mission of, of the program here. So that's why we listen to December 1st, 1973 as well. All right, let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping here for the week. Please, as always, go ahead and smash that subscribe button uh, and like and share this podcast with any and all of your Grateful Dead-loving friends and family. You may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, you will not find us on the service that rhymes with Snootify. Uh, You may find us directly on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may reach out to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. And you know what? I'm going to give up another plug for the channel anyway. F it. Uh, Twitch.tv slash the GD channel. 
Uh, that is everything for me for this week, friends. Um, any final parting words from Knob or Fig? Yeah, I want everybody to turn to the person next to you and say hi. How do you do? Uh, and uh, just want to let everybody know that this is a weekly podcast, so we'll be back in just an itty bitty bit. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Uh, and that's it for us uh, for this week. And as always, thanks for listening to the Help on the Way podcast.
must face Try to keep a little grace
Way down, down along the crazy road. 
fight Catch the tune Stars fall down In buckets like rain Till there ain't no Standing room Ride through box cars Train by train Platter wild dreams Unfold Way down, down along Lazy River Road Way down upon Sycamore Square Any of the river tide Call for me And I will be there For the price of the tag See right. Nighttime double clutches into the day like a truck down shifting its load. Way down, down along the lazy river road.
Well, me and my uncle went right down South Colorado, West Texas bound We stopped over in Santa Fe Got me in the point just about halfway You know it was the hottest part of the day Took the horses up to the stall. Went to the bar room, ordered drinks for all. Three days in the saddle, you know my body hurt. It being summer, well, I took off the shirt. And I tried to wash off some of that dust and dirt. West Texas cowboys, well, they's all around with the liquor in money. Down. So soon after play day, though it seems a shame, you know my uncle, he starts friendly the game. Be a high low jack in the wind and take the hand. Winning, cowboys got sore. One of them called in into more. Accused him of cheating. Well, oh no, it just couldn't be. I know my uncle, he's as honest as me. And I'm as honest as the Denver man can be. One of them cowboys, he starts to draw. Well, I shot him down low. He never saw, shot me another, well, not damn it, he won't go. In the confusion, Michael grabbed the gold, and we hightailed it down to Mexico. 
Lord, my uncle, God rest his soul. He taught me good luck, taught me all I know. Taught me so well, I got that gold. And I left his dead ass here by the side of the road.
Yeah.